It's a huh? quaff list ready. I just don't know. I don't know what uh I don't know how to handle it, man. I got the the high and tight with the glasses. Like I don't know what this is, bro. <laughs> you look professional and shit, man. Like like you you got some some TPS reports in the <laughs> folder <laughs> over there somewhere. Uh, You're yeah. driving OKRs and KPIs and shit. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, 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 boss energy, I guess. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, not a fan. I'm growing it back out. It's still short and still no quality. Well, sh- short as fuck. <laughs> when the order came down, everybody had to cut their hair the same. Like there were, it's like regulation, you know what I mean? There was this uh, diagram that showed like this faceless man with the type of haircut that you have to get. So like you show the barber, this is what I need. When the order came down, you need to go into the office. And there was a bunch of people in there and literally they were all in there just to see my reaction when they made me sign the paper that said that I will get my haircut. Like I had to sign a paper that says I'll do it. Ah, and I had my hat on. I had my hat on, and one guy was like, "Take your hat off, let me see." And I was like, "No," but like, "Take your hat off." I was like, so I took it off, and my hair like fell, and everybody started laughing. And I was like, "Man, fuck you guys!" I was, you know what? I was irate. I was actually in a. It put me in a bad mood. At first, I was like, you know, whatever. I got to If I got to do it, I got to do it. I'm not gonna lie. It bothered me. I felt like I was losing my power. They made you. They made you sign the fucking prom promise. Like you remember that, where you had to like, I will not drink. (laughs) (laughs) I I will not do anything unsavory. Signed Frederick Torres. They didn't realize the power of the quaff, man. They didn't understand the power of the quaff, man. They didn't. They didn't know. They didn't know. Or maybe they did know. You know what I mean? And that's why they made me cut it. That's what it is, man. They're trying to take your hammer away. What's that? Mjolnir? How do, how Mjolnir they took that? Mjolnir away from me, bro. They took my Mjolnir. shield away. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, like, Iron Man without his suit. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. I, you know, like, just like Iron Man had to learn how to fucking be Iron Man without his suit. I got to learn exactly. to be ready without the cloth. <laughs> you seem to be doing a fine job. <laughs> I gotta say this. I looked up the whole monkey jock thing, the monkey camel jock thing. Not true. I don't know. I didn't find anything, but I have an idea. Here's what I'm thinking. How would you feel if we called a local, one of my friends right now, and asked him and got his opinion? Oh man, I would love that. <laughs> okay, stand stand by. The video is going to get shitty because I'm using my phone as the webcam, but whatever. Fuck it. Okay. We'll be all right. Look at the difference, though. Oh, shit. Yeah. I don't Way. even. I mean, yeah. I'm ugly now. Like, what the fuck happened? I, I, think <laughs> my, like, I got fatter somehow. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh, that's uh, hilarious. Yeah. Hold up. Hold up. That's. I'm calling the dude that I told you um, who who gifted me my first Midwalk pipe. 
Oh yeah. I'm done. When you got all dizzy and they made you they wanted you to finish it. Finish it, motherfucker. Yeah. Don't be a bitch. Here we go. Hello? Yo, what are you doing? Hey man. Hey, uh, I have a quick question for you. Hey, what's up? And just so you know, you are uh, technically, I mean, well, actually, you are on a podcast episode. Uh, so, you know, I- I'm not telling you to censor yourself. I'm just just letting you know. I think it's it's courteous. Um, uh, okay. I, I... Uh, okay. So, you know anything about camel racing? Uh, camel racing? Yeah, I know. Like the basic stuff and, and, and like shit about it. Okay. Okay. So, uh I heard yeah. that because you know how like they use robots for the jockeys now, right? Yeah, they use robots and they use the the wireless thingy, whatever it's called. It's like the remote stuff. Like, uh, you're right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I I called it a monkey. Oh wait, what? Okay, let me just ask you: Did they? Did you? Did you guys ever use monkeys as camel jockeys? No. It's always robot. What? Um. Okay. Well, I. I. I mean, it's not like we have a ton of followers, but however many we have, and that would have listened to that episode, I'm glad that we cleared this up because they would have gone on thinking that the UAE and their camel races at one point used little monkeys to, to race on these camels. <laughs> Okay, can you do it now? Like little robots on top of the camels for the racing, and that's it. Damn. Well, that should be a new thing. It should be a new thing. Yeah. What are the chances that we can get some monkeys uh, to ride some camels? That sounds sounds like a million dollar idea, man. Yeah. Right. Sounds like a good idea. Exactly. Gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be good for the show. I'm gonna lie. It's gonna be fun to watch. (laughs) It would be right. A little monkey riding a camel. I mean, who would want to see that? There may be some protests about it. Yeah, it could be. For what? Well, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's uh, mistreating animals, throwing, <laughs> putting, and who knows? How do we know that the monkeys would even be like, you know, cooperative? What if they're just shitty jockeys? What that if would make it come nuts. What that would make it like even a, better. Like, if it was a big clusterfuck of monkeys on camels running everywhere, and the first one that gets to the finish line, like, I would pay to see that. Hamdan, how much? How, how much do how, how much do camels cost? Camels? Yeah, like a racing camel. I mean, it, it depends. It depends on the type of race, but I would say they go up to five to six million dollars. 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 Yeah. Damn. There's there's like it depends on the race, right? You have like the. Uh, the depends on the age of the camel. Depends on whether it's a male or female. Depends on uh, what type of breed it is and all that stuff. That's and wild. what type of race as well. Okay, so we should go in on the camel. In I was gonna the say most, the most expensive one was sold for uh, sixty million dirhams, which is like God. around twenty million dollars. Yeah, twenty million dollars. Wow. Yeah. That is wild. That's awesome, though. I was so, yeah. I was telling, I was telling Jake, my co-host, who's on with us right now. Um, Hello. How, how cool like camel races look, and I haven't been to one yet. 
So I got. No, I mean, you haven't? No, I've only I I only see like people watching them on their phones, and then they'll show me, and I'm and I just I, I get into it, like I just can't look away. I'm like, dude, this is amazing. I should I should take the I should take you to one next time. I'm probably gonna enjoy it. Are there okay? Yeah, I gotta know what dates are so then I could tell Jake because Jake's gonna come visit and he wants to go. Oh. He wants to go to camel races. I mean, I mean, there there should be like there's there's like weekly races, so they should be all the time every weekend. Hope dope, and they're in Dubai, right? Like they're in Abu Dhabi, actually. Oh, yeah. perfect, perfect. Yeah. Yep. Yes, sir. All right. Well, great, man. Thanks. Uh, right. Thanks for clearing that up for us. <laughs> I no problem, man. So no monkeys. All right, All right, bro. No monkeys. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Take care, bro. Peace. Man, man. that sucks. What a bummer. All right. Let me see if I can get this shit you working could... again. Man, I, I I think that'd be cool having like, because I bet you they treat. Like horse races, horses that race get treated really well, right? You know, like very well, very well. I mean, all, yeah. So I'm most, sure, like mostly, the shit and like the most of the camels get treated very well. Like, no, I'm the same. Most like they, they unless they lose, <laughs> and then yeah. Nah. Um. Okay. Well, you know, fuck. What are you gonna do? We can edit that out and just have people continue to believe that. The monkeys used to ride camels. <laughs> I don't want to misrepresent. I don't want to misrepresent. If <clears throat> you know, if I get if I get any any local guys listening to the podcast, they'll be like, "What the fuck is this guy saying about like <laughs> one of more one of our beloved sports?" You know what I mean? Well, I mean, robots haven't been around forever, so like they had to do something before robots. I read an article when I was trying to figure this out that they that back this was way back in the day that they used to use kids mm. i don't know it why like it's a jockey huh like, yeah but they're like the size of a jockey and yeah but i mean you know i don't want to make any assumptions but i'm assuming they the people know how to ride camels you know like the kids that will know how to ride camels like Kids know how to ride horses if they're taught. Do they have two humps or one hump? Yes, I think <laughs> I think the uh, the racing ones. I think I've only seen one hump camels. Oh, okay. Don't they make two? But hump I could camels? be wrong. I mean, saying that they you that they had monkey camel jockeys is a bold statement, and I was very confident. You know what I'd watch. Hmm. Like a channel dedicated to camels eating. Have you ever seen those motherfuckers eat? Yeah. Like there's just their lips just move real crazy. Like it's almost like they're it's a hand. Like, and like, yeah, and like it yeah. goes from side to side and shit. It, it looks yeah, really good. They cool. don't have uh <laughs> they don't have top teeth. Oh, is that what that is? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Why wow, huh? Uh, I mean, I don't know why, but they they don't. You're fucking out, man. I'm learning all about camels and camel races. <laughs> yeah. I like this. Yeah, when I went uh, when I went to the camel farm, like that's something I learned. But they don't have they don't have top teeth. What do they eat? Um, like leaves and shit. 
leaves. I, I forget what it I forget what it's called. Um like shrubbery. Some yeah. kind of, some, something specific though. I mean, they feed them something specific. The other day, um, one of my coworkers was showing me that he installed cameras at his camel farm. He was like really excited about it because he has there's like speakers on the camera. So over his phone, he can like talk to the guys that run the camel farm to like let them know, like, hey, this guy, like he's looking a little like not good, you know, check him out or get them in to it's okay, it's time to eat. Um so he has a camera that just, you would love this. Dude, this is what you're asking for. Like, it just shows a whole row of camels eating. <laughs> yeah, I like that, man. He should live stream that to the to the internets. I bet you could find it. I still have to find that link um, to show you camel racing. It, it's, it's dope. It's pretty dope. Hey, Jamie, can you pull up camel racing? <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, right? Man, we need a yeah. Jamie. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I wrote down a bunch of stuff that that I I thought was interesting to talk about. And it was mainly when I was editing the last episode. Um, kind of just like continuing off of it. And uh on here I said, I say fuck a lot. <laughs> yeah fuck it fuck it but fuck it <laughs> but uh fuck it um you know <clears throat> i was i don't know if we've talked about this on on the actual podcast but you and i talk about this all the time about how we feel like and, and i'm gonna call it out i'm just gonna put it out there we we censor ourselves for two guys that don't that kind of speak their minds and we talk about all types of topics whether you and i agree with them or not we we are careful yeah and i'm kind of over it okay <laughs> i mean i'll Go be off. honest i know we have jobs and shit but you know this isn't bringing in any money where we could sustain ourselves but you know i was editing i was editing and i'm like why do i have the like the compulsion to edit these like certain things out where i'm like who am i like putting this together for and it it seemed like i was instead of putting it together for what would be our audience what would be people who want to hear what we have to say, it's more like people, it's almost like the opposite, like the other crowd. People that I'm afraid that would happen to listen, but they're not necessarily our audience. Yeah. That's fuckery. Like, what? Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, it, it, when you put something out there um, that anybody can listen to, especially nowadays... <laughs> It doesn't belong to you. You see what happens with um, anything. Like, if you discuss anything that, you know, potentially pushes a button on some person or whatever, like, could be game over, at least. I mean, I guess you could lean into it, you know, <laughs> lean in, lean into that shit. And just, here, one thing I've learned in life, and this might sound crazy, 
but uh, this is a real lesson that I think I've learned. And I think more people should follow this, like in the, in the media attention. And this is going to sound probably fucking horrible. Probably not. I'll probably agree. No, I think it'll sound pretty bad to people. I found that you should literally almost never apologize for anything. I've, I, I started apologizing a lot less. A yeah, lot, I mean, a lot less. I've noticed when, so when I used to be married, for instance, and maybe I did something that I considered wrong, and, and I'd say, oh, I'm sorry that I did that, whatever it was. And, you know, it went from like, just kind of bitching at me <laughs> to like, as soon as I apologize, it turns into I'm the devil and, uh, you know, she needs to exercise the demons out of me or something. So as long as I just kept it at, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> uh, it always worked out better. Like it always worked out better. Because they latch on, not not just they, just people tend to latch on to apologies as sort of an admission of guilt. But then they want to make like this example of you by excoriating you in, you know, public. And I think, I think our society tends to be over apologetic. They could bump into somebody and it, and it's like, I just shit in your cereal. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry. Sorry. I don't know if it's because everybody's just so sensitive where it's like, oh, dude, like watch where you're going. Like Jesus, you know, like, or people are so scared that somebody's going to say something to them. But I personally believe that over apologizing takes the power away from a true apology. If I do something, let's say, I don't know, I lose my temper and I say something that I don't mean, or like, or I treat you a certain way in front of some people or whatever, like I do something to you that I know is wrong. I will apologize. That warrants an apology in my mind. Apology, what I learned was also apologies don't mean shit if you don't make amends. And in that, in my mind, making amends is like, first of all, just don't, don't, don't be shitty again. Like, don't do that again. If that was, if I said something to you, because I felt a certain way about me and maybe you, you like touched a nerve or something. Right. And I, I realized that and I'm like, yo, I apologize for that. That was wrong. That was me being, you know, a bitch about things or that was me, whatever. Okay. Well, so I will try not to do that again. You accept the apology that should be it. But that's not how that works. People are like, I'm sorry. And then when they say I'm sorry, and the other person is like, it's okay, but then the person who apologized gets all defensive, like they never fucking wanted to say sorry in the first place. So we're hitting on something here, because I just realized, like, I would apologize to you. If, you I, would. if I did, I know you weren't. I would, I would, I would apologize to my friend Sam. I would apologize to 
my dad. <laughs> I would apologize to my grandfather. I would apologize to my uncles. It's like you have two camps. You have the people where they were like, hey, sorry, 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 sorry. And then you have the other people that are like apologizing, showing weakness. For me, it's not about showing weakness. I understand like a lot of people say right. that because because they they assume that it's like there, there's this trope of like vulnerability and weakness and strength and all uh, you know there, there's just right. these weird ideas tied to all of that but the reason I, that i don't apologize to you know sometimes is, is not because i'm afraid that i will look weak but it doesn't have the intended effect like like my my intention in apologizing to something is admitting that i was wrong and um i will do better and let's move past this but it goes into like this flogging where it's just like right you get whipped after you apologize and it's like somebody will be yelling at you and fighting with you and, and wanting you to apologize and then as soon as you apologize then it's like you know maybe you get the silent treat. it depends on the person but maybe you get the silent treatment for like a couple of days or some shit like that and it's like what like, and I can already hear people now. They're like, well, yeah, that's like your punishment. Like, you no, know, or something no, like that. Yeah, it, no, it does not. It shouldn't be that way. Like, I understood when you said that people shouldn't apologize. I, I understand what you're saying because you're you're not apologizing. You're just saying sorry. It's like yeah. um, when one little kid takes a toy from another little kid and the parent's like, now you say sorry. And then they they learn, okay. I, if I just say sorry, then I could keep with I could keep doing this shitty thing, and all I have to do is just say sorry. They're gonna be mad at me for a while, but you know that's just how people are. That's not the way. That's not the way it should work, in my opinion. Agreed. Apologies and sorries are not the same thing. I'm sorry. It's what you said is I admit to this thing. I think manning up or womaning up is is a good idea say it you know what i mean yeah okay i was wrong that that shit was wrong i'll try not like i'll really really try not to do it again and uh like i get it i, I get what happened here you like, see it in the media too like um like i it's funny like somebody will get caught sending dick pics or something which we've already talked on previous episodes which is ridiculous but something like sending dick pics <laughs> and then it's like they come out like like maybe the girl takes it to the media and it's a famous person like i don't know brett Favre, anthony weiner like whoever any of these guys that have sent dick pics and get caught in public and then it's like <laughs> that's such a funny concept though it, it's super funny concept like i've never once sat there and thought you know what, I'm going to take a picture of my dick and send it electronically to this girl. Like, it just seems kind of crazy to me. But uh, some people do that shit. Look at Freddie's face right here. He's like, man, I sent hundreds of dick pics, bro. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Hundreds? <laughs> Maybe like <laughs> so We're talking about public apology. <laughs> yeah, but it's like they get up on, on camera, release like an Instagram post or some shit about how sorry they are. And they like don't know what got into him it's like motherfucker i know what got into you like it makes sense i mean i get it just but uh then it's like only then do they sort of latch on to it like once you and, and you know i also i you know we live in this society where people tend to give people the benefit of the doubt for what they say 
so you watch some dude like sending dick pics another dude saying all kinds of maybe misogynistic things or racist things or whatever and then all of a sudden when they get caught <laughs> that's when it's like they go on this apology tour yeah like all of a sudden now you have a change of heart or you feel but all of a sudden you're not racist all of a sudden yeah, you don't but have I don't... thoughts or racist ideas all of a sudden you're just yeah which i don't here. believe that shit i think it's just a matter of like all right all right all right i'll apologize yeah, exactly <laughs> like... how stupid is that so that the public is just like okay yeah he, he's not racist yeah, we, we know you don't mean it but, <laughs> but, thanks man we that's what we wanted that's what we wanted yeah exactly no you said no because what it, the whole point is uh chastising public chastising that's what it is yeah exactly right so it's... that happens on a smaller scale not publicly that happens between people that happens in relationships all the time say sorry to me now because you because it's like a it's like a it's a power thing not it's not a yeah hundred percent an apology for something you did wrong and what yep. if I what if I think that it would that it wasn't wrong what if I meant it should I say sorry no right like if I meant it I meant it I'm sorry that you feel that way but I'm not gonna apologize for it. <laughs> I've said that before. Yeah, they don't like that. I've said that People too. They don't, don't like, like that. Shit. No, no, no. <laughs> but I, but I've said it, and I, and and that's how I approach it now. Yeah, totally. That's what I'm, I mean. Really, like, it takes the power away. You know, I I always think about this one time. I uh I did something to I said something to Jack that was kind of like a guilt trip, and Jack hit me like it it, it hit me right here. And he goes, Dad, when you say when you say that, it makes me feel bad. And I was like, oh, or, you know, like that I accepted it and I understood it. And so I went over there and I was like, hey, man, I apologize for that. That like, that's not what I meant. And I think it's powerful when parents can say that to their kids because their kids can then understand that they're they're they they weren't trying to hurt them or they weren't trying to hurt their feelings or 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 make them feel shitty about something that they did it's just that you know parent like adults humans fuck up like i told rain i told rain a while ago i'm like listen man parents fuck up <laughs> you need to see therapy about it or you need to come to me about it I understand better. You come to me right away. We talk about it. And I was like, but you know, we're going to make mistakes. And that's just what it is. Like we, we, we hash it out. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think some people are, you know, there's just too much pride in between parents and kids or between anybody really to just say, ah, my bad. Yeah. It's weird to me. Like I've, I've never really had a problem with that. The only time I started to develop a problem with that was when it was used against me right um yeah like like it's my natural inclination is if i do something like i have a very you know i mean you know me i have a very um like my moral compass is pretty big like i have like sort of a code of honor that i live by by my like my own sort of morals and values and things like that and i don't like breaking that for anybody or anything which is something i admire by the way well thank you but 
what part of that is if I feel like even if I inadvertently did something um, that goes against that, uh, especially to my kids, um, I want to be the first person to admit and rectify the situation. You know what I'm saying? In fact, I want to do that. It, it was funny. Um, <clears throat> the, the, I don't, when I was going through this, <laughs> my lawyer got mad at me when we were going through the divorce. We were sitting in a, a deposition at one point, and um, I, the, in in litigation, you have to be very specific. Like they're they're very specific how they write things. Everybody knows this. Like um, the, they'll pick out a sentence, and it you know it's uh, they if it's not in that sentence, then it doesn't have any legal meaning. If it is in that sentence, it carries the weight of the world on it. And one of the things that I was able to do was. Um, it's while we were going through the process, I had to continue paying for the children's um, private school. And I got an exception through the courts to use like stock that I had, like investments that I had. But they don't want you to unload those because she wants half, you know what I'm saying, or more. So you have to get like special permission to do it. And um, our divorce dragged on so long that I sold a big chunk of like some investments to pay for one year of school and the divorce was still going on. And um, then as it was going on, the next year school year happened and I sold more to pay for that school year. And uh, then I'm sitting in my deposition where, you know, her lawyer is sitting across from me and she's grilling me about all this kind of stuff. And um, she starts asking me a lot of questions about like my investments and I'm like uh I don't know why you like we focused for like three hours on investments and I'm not exactly like a I don't have a fucking I'm not Warren Buffett here you know what I'm saying like any investments I have I half-assed walked into um and uh <laughs> it's not so, a 1k right yeah yeah exactly so so we we she's sitting there and then finally she gets to the point where she asked me about like my sock stock sales and so I told her that I, I paid for this the first year of school and she was like, OK. And um, then I told her that I paid for the second year of school and man, she's what? Like her lawyer just started screaming at me like, what did you 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 sold stock? I was like, I thought I was allowed to do that shit. And she was like, no, you're not. Read the pay. Hand me the paper. And so she hands me like this. It, it, all I'd like, she hands it to the court reporter and she's like, I'd like to mark this as an exhibit C or some shit like that. And then I get the paper and I'm reading it. And, and, and then I read it uh, and it says something to the effect of husband can sell stock for 2021 20, school year or whatever it was. And, uh, and then she said, do you do you notice something? I was like, no she's like does it say any huh is that how she was talking to you oh she was talking to me like that when she found out that i had sold more like most of the time she'd been nice but she like lost her cool when she found out that i had sold more than i was supposed to and uh um so then she said does it say anything about 22 23 school year or something something to that effect i don't remember the years and i was like oh shit i was like I didn't read that carefully. I apologize and I will do whatever I can to rectify it. And I said that in the deposition and my lawyer was like throwing a book at me, like, shut the fuck up. And I'm like, I'm like, no, man, like I, I legitimately screwed up. 
Like you guys can, you guys can flog me. I'll be, I'll be your Christ. I'll carry yeah, well, you cross through the <laughs> desert. Like I fucked up. Well, yeah. I, I mean, you're. I, I, I like that you, you, you admit it. You were like, oh, my, my bad. I, I didn't read that carefully. Like I'm, I'm willing to, to rectify this. It was probably because you said I'm willing to do anything, and your lawyer is like, yeah. But <laughs> you, wait, no, not anything, right? Like. Let's... Well, I think I think the main the main thing lawyers want you to do is shut the fuck up, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like literally. Yeah, yeah, like... yeah. I feel like sometimes I say things that been incredibly insightful for me, like over time. But when I say it out loud, that it's just going to be like, yeah, okay, no shit. But <clears throat> I have come to a place in my life where I not only will not apologize for something that I don't believe, but um, I'm gonna say the truth. My What I believe to be true, I will say it. I believe that honesty like will just fucking, it, the consequences are the consequences and it will pan out for you in the best way, no matter what it is. As the harder it is to be honest, the better the outcome in the end. It, right there in the moment, it's gonna be shitty because you know people people sometimes people want you to lie. They don't want you to say that planes break down all the time. <laughs> lie to me, Fred. Lie, lie to me, right? Lie to me. But so you know when you deal with uh, when you would deal with a lot of teenage boys. They, they lie. They lie a lot. They lie a lot. So what I said was, this is how I put it. I was like, listen, lying makes, makes, makes a fool out, out of the person you're lying to. And if they know you're lying, it makes a, a fool out of you because we know you're fucking lying. So this is what I say. I said, Real men, I'm talking to boys, so real men tell the truth. Why? Because little bitches are afraid of consequences. And that's why people lie, because they're afraid of the consequence. After I said that, I swear to you, bro, it sunk in. I can ask them something, and one of the kids is like, yeah. And then another one would be like, what? Like, why, what are you doing? Like, you know, we had a pact to, to lie to this guy. And I like it. And it's starting to spread. And it's like really catching on. And I think that, I think that young men, if I could just speak to young men, is just, yo, tell the truth. And if the other person that you're telling the truth to is cares about you, then it'll, it'll work out. It'll be fine. Like just, just own up. And I wish I would have been more like that a long time ago. Why I'm, I'm just getting to this point now. Like if, or if I'm late, I'm late because of some stupid shit that I did here. My default used to be, okay, what are we going to say? What's the story we're going to tell? Uh, yeah, you know, I have diarrhea. 
<laughs> but no. Yeah, I'm late. I'm late. I'm late because I slept in. I'm late because my alarm didn't go off because I didn't set it last night. Like whatever. Like you don't have to like beat yourself up and be like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. That's another, that's another tactic people use is that they go overboard on making on like over apologizing. So then the other person's like, okay, all right, relax. Like it's right. But instead it's just like my alarm didn't go off. Like, yeah, if there's a punishment, bring it. If there isn't, let's move on. I'm here. Yeah, I've always tried to talk to my kids specifically, but any of my friends that, because I've noticed a lot of this, a lot of people get mad at like a certain person because of the way, a certain person in their life that because they are the way that they are. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, say, you know, uh, 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 somebody that lies a lot and everything they say turns out to be a lie we all know these people like you know the bullshitters yeah like they're always bullshitting you about something always bullshitting you about something like they can't help it yeah and then like my kids would be like you know you 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 know in their own way they'd be like yeah but you know so and so so full of shit like all the blah 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 and i'm like why do you care first of all like you do you know this about that person yeah Okay, well, now you have that understanding. So every time you deal with them, that's your frame of dealing with them. They're full of shit. And now I I say, do you want to be considered full of shit by everybody that comes around you? No. Well, then tell the truth. <laughs> like, tell the truth. Because for me, yeah. it's about like, I don't want to project that. Uh, be, because just if you're going to live in society or civilization where people have to, you know, sort of they're interdependent on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, people are going to like to deal with you more and you're going to have an easier time dealing with people in a high trust society where where I say what I mean and, and do what I say and um, people are going to respect that and come to you with whatever business uh, they want advice they want um, you know the, the, you'll gain a lot more respect from people if you if you come to them uh, where when you say something if that person goes back and says, man, everything he always says always ends up being, you know, true or this, like people are going to remember that stuff. And yep. in courts and stuff like uh, credibility is so important. And just to society in general, like if you want to buy a house, like that comes down to credibility. Like, they, you know, you can, you can still be full of shit, but it's still like a, um, a credibility in terms of you saying that you're going to pay back the money that you had borrowed up until that point and you do um then your credibility goes up in terms of financial credibility and then you have way more options in terms of buying houses or cars or whatever whatever you need to do um and same thing with uh, almost anything that uh like court if you ever need to be a witness or a, a witness God forbid against your, you know, against yourself, even though you can plead the fifth or whatever. But if you ever have to give a deposition where your character is in question, like your credibility is going to be way more important than even the money that other people spend against you on lawyers and things like that, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, credibility in life goes a long way. It's a great suit of armor against another person who is calling you full of shit. Yeah. Like kind of going back on like some people don't want you to be honest because they feel somehow 
It's disrespectful. They want you to beat around the bush a little bit. You know, don't yeah. hurt my feelings. How dare you hurt my feelings? Like, there's this dude. He's always, he wants to hang out. He doesn't have a car. He wants me to bring him from an hour and a half away here, stay at my place, and we go hang out. Now, this is how he says it. He goes, okay, man, so uh, this weekend we're going to, like, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go hang out. He's like, uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to come pick me up and we're, we're, we're going to go. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I, I go, yeah, man, we'll see. And he goes, so then I go to, I go, I go to leave and he's like, so he's like, I'll, 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 me I'll, I'll message you. I, I, I said, I got to stop this shit. I said, listen. This is no offense to you, man. I, I don't mean to offend you or anything or to, to, to sound any kind of way, but nobody's going to tell me what I'm going to do. I was like, you don't, I was like, I, I might have plans, man. I was like, so I was like, not that I don't want to hang out with you, but you telling me that I'm going to come pick you up and you're going to come to my place. You're going to stay with me. And then we're going to go get some drinks when I don't even drink. I'm like, listen, it's not working out. At first, you could tell that he was like, oh, the fuck? This guy's attacking me like he doesn't want to hang out. It's not that. It's just, you're not, you're not, you're not going to tell me what I'm going to do. And so, like, things like that, I suppose they call this boundaries. Right? Boundaries, motherfucker, man. Like, it took me years to learn that shit. It took it, me we, so long. Bro, I wish I had this. this what, what I feel is like a skill to be able to set your boundaries. And you just go... You could do it in a nice way. I've learned that I can do it before. It was like kind of, I would come off like abrasive, almost like it comes off defensive. Like, no, no. Yeah. But now I'm just like, no, we're not going to do that. Very calmly. And we're not going to do that. It's, it's, I, I, you're, we're raised, especially I think in America and maybe other places too, to be um, selfless. Like, 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 you don't want to any sort of, selfishness whatsoever like selfishness is considered almost evil and selflessness where you like you give yourself to every problem in the world is considered like almost the ultimate human like like look at just look at like jesus or something like that like he just selflessly takes on you know all the sins of the world and like ends up crucified and this and that um i i feel like <clears throat> i think I don't, I, I don't think that that was his point by the way. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it, no, I agree. but yes, yes, I agree. I think that that is it's it's held up on a pedestal for you to be for you to well, just. Boundaries are yourself. selfish by definition, right? Hmm? Yes. Boundaries are selfish by definition. I think now because it's a buzzword and mental health is a little bit more acceptable and people are like, listen, it's better you set boundaries the funny that people who the same people who say set boundaries when you set boundaries with them they get upset <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> because it's we've been taught against selfishness and things like that and i think you, you have to have a degree of selfishness before you can ever be selfish it's it's one of those fucking paradoxes like Taoism and all that shit has all the time it's like you have to you have to be selfless without being selfless or, or you you know like selfish without being selfless or 
uh, you, you kind of need a balance of the two. Like you need to look out for yourself. You need to look out for people because not everybody, people act like everybody that comes to you has good intentions. And that's just not fun. That's just true. not true. <laughs> right. Even people that you love, people that you know that they are not looking out for you when they come at you with something. 100%. And so, you know, in a selfless world, in a compassionate world, you 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 listen to their shit and do what you can to alleviate their suffering or or whatever, like like give them their desire and because it's this selfless act. But I, the older I get, the more that's bullshit. It's complete bullshit. And that's that is the birth of resentment, by the way, from that per, that selfless person. Yeah, because they expect that everybody's paying attention to all the selflessness, right? They're like, yeah. oh, you guys do realize all the things that I do for you and I don't do anything for myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then they, so then what happens is when they realize that nobody's paying attention, they're like, well, shit, now I got to say something. But then nobody wants to hear you say, oh, I'll look at all I do for you and I don't do anything for me. Well, they're like, well, we didn't ask for that, did we? Yeah. Yeah. It is a paradox. And it really just comes down to like, you gotta honor yourself. You have to, you have to, man. You're, you'll hold resentments, you'll hold grudges. It'll come out of you eventually. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I wrote down here, accept responsibility for the outcome, not the blame. I think, and we kind of hit on that with when I was talking about or did you, or, did I write it down because you said it? Yeah, probably. Well, I want like, to talk a little bit more about that because it feels like it's right in line with what we're talking about now. Yeah. So I think the way, the context in which we were talking about it was in the spontaneous remissions that happened. And I was reading a book called Cured about uh, spontaneous oh, remissions. Yes. Uh, That's where it came from. Yeah, of bad diseases and like incurable diseases like apparently it happens somewhat frequently where where people spontaneously remiss from all sorts of things not just cancers but all sorts of things and one of the guys overarching points in the book is that um the people don't necessarily take the blame for their disease their circumstances like they don't say i caused this uh, but they do take radical like responsibility for it where okay i am here I need to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was sort of interesting. This brings up, <laughs> I have a friend who is 350 pounds. When, when COVID came, he ended up in ICU for 11 days and uh, just not, he's not in good shape <laughs> whatsoever. And he, he got diagnosed with like a thyroid medication and he had some thyroid issues like thyroid i mean you probably know and other people probably know but it, it has a lot to do with your metabolism and the rate in which you metabolize foods and it produces different hormones and stuff that help metabolism and other things and um he got thyroid medication and when he takes the medication he loses weight like as a byproduct of it helping his hormone levels and this kind of stuff he doesn't take his fucking medication like, like he'll take it once a week when he remembers and shit like that. And so one of the points of the book is that a lot of patients are like that. I forgot what it's called, but um, getting people to buy in 
to their treatment is apparently extraordinarily difficult. Like most people don't do it. That they'll, they'll, they'll you, you you give them the thyroid pills and um you know they'll miss a day here and there. If you told me here's here's a pill, you take it every single day and it's gonna be you know. I mean, I don't know that I'd do it, but I, I see the allure of because I like the work. You know, I like to be able to look back on it and say, I did that. I did <clears throat> yeah. But if I actually had something legitimately wrong with me and that pill is going to help me, I'd never miss a fucking day in my life. I guarantee you that. Well, that is the work. That's still yeah, the work. exactly. Yeah. And so he's saying that the like this a lot of the spontaneous remissions are how much the patient buys in, because a lot of people just accept their circumstances where it's like okay i have stage four lymphoma or some shit like that i'm dead my doctors tell me i have six months to live and lo and behold in six months they die um but it's a matter of accepting responsibility and it's not just about health it's just a good context to talk about it in like like you have some sort of you're stricken with some kind of you know horrible thing uh, you almost have to just like go on this journey of clawing your way out of it. Um, and yeah, that is really interesting. You say that I, <clears throat> I, I, I failed to mention this last time when you, when you brought this particular thing up and the book cured, um, I met, I met, uh, this woman, She's brilliant. Like just one of those people that you instantly are like, I like you. You're you're dope. She was telling me, this is kind of to the side. She was telling me that she's dealing with like traumatic things that have happened in her life by telling those stories in stand-up comedy. Like, I'm like, yo. Like, have you ever done comedy before? Have you ever, like, entertained or performed or anything? And she was like, never. I was like, that's some fucking courage. Yeah, that is. Dude. So she makes jokes out of the most traumatic, shitty things that has happened to her. And she tells those, she tells those jokes to people. And she's like, it's cathartic. It feels great. It's like I'm getting it out and we're laughing at it. And it's, it, it, like, minimizes it. And, she, and I was like, that's awesome. So she was telling us. It was very like calm, like in conversation that that she has cancer, you know, and she and she said, um, I don't want to like misquote her, but I think from what she has seen with other people, she decided not to do treatment, but that she took full accountability for what was happening to her. And because of that, she decided to completely change the way that she ate, the way that she lived completely, 100%, 180 on a lot of things. She, she stopped drinking. She stopped eating very specific things. She has a very specific uh, diet. But more than that, it's, it's not easy to hear that news and to say, all right, I'm going to take it by the balls and I'm going to change xyz and and take full accountability and she says she's doing great and i'm like holy shit it's big i think it'd be better for her to tell it so i'll, I'll 
I'm going to write down that I'm going to link to that. She has a, there was a, she was on a podcast and. Oh, nice. She talks about it on there. Um, I'm going to write this down so then I can, I can put it in the, uh, in the show notes. <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, I admire that though. I admire that, that courage. And, and I remembered her when you said, when you talked about cure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's good. I, uh, and that's one thing I hate about this, uh, you know, I call it the system, I guess, but like this, like the experts, like I, I, I found that the experts aren't really experts, like in general, um, like they can do good things on sometimes, like it, it, it's not all bad, but it's almost like the goal is to get you in this system like you, I, like you test high for cholesterol. Okay, well then here's these statins that you're going to take for the rest of your life, or you you get your blood pressure um, taken and it's high. Okay, well here's what you need to do. But like I told you that I've been doing a lot of like experiments. I've got my blood pressure meter right here. I've got uh, my glucose meter that I've been doing, and and things like that. And lifestyle factors completely change those things. Like for instance. This was something interesting. My when I first got the blood, I've always had a tendency to test kind of high on blood pressure. Um, and when I when I first got that machine, uh, I, I took it and it was high. And had I gone to the doctor and they saw that, they'd put me on blood pressure medication and you know that has other side effects and, and this type of thing. And I have to you know get refill the prescription every month or something like that. Uh, and so I thought it was could be a couple different things at the time that when I was looking at it, I thought it could A, be maybe caffeine. I thought it could be uh, the nicotine from, I, I was dipping a lot at the time. I thought it could be one of those things. So what I did was I stopped like the caffeine for up until, because when I test in the, like right when I wake up in the morning, it's super low. It's like 115 over 70, something like that. Wow, uh, but then as the day goes on, it, it was getting up to like 154 over like uh, sometimes 90 or something yeah. like that. And um, so I, I ruled I out the know. caffeine. Then I ruled out the nicotine. You know what the shit ended up being? Salt. Like salt acutely weight raises it. I, I cut down on the salt. I was eating these uh, like salami, peppered salamis that that had like fucking 4,000 grams of sodium or some, some shit. Salty, you know? Some, some like, salty, those, yeah, they're salty. Yeah, and yeah. so if I don't eat, like if I just salt my food regularly, but don't eat like this, the, the, the cured meats with lots of sodium and that, that type of stuff, it stays like relatively normal all day. So it's like, there's these little things where if you take an interest in your own self, you can figure a lot of these things out. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. yeah. Nobody I, believes I, that though. They think they need an expert from on high and their 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 righteous white cloak to come down and say, "No, you don't need less salt. What you need is this pill." <laughs> so in the well, name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Scientist. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. But isn't it something? Because if the medication doesn't work or, or, or if the, or if the, if, if the, the medical system fails you, you can, you can blame that. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you fail, <laughs> that says something about you. Like listen, I, I should I should stop ordering shawarma so much. I'll see results. I'll yeah. see see results. I enjoy yeah. it. But that's it. Like it's it's just kind of like that. And I, I heard somebody say that actually it was Theo Vaughn, you know, Theo Vaughn, comedian. I do. Yep. He said that he he's like, I realized that I have to show up for myself every single day. And I was like, what a simple way of putting it. It's just, you know, we show up for so many people. We show up for our kids. We show up for whomever that we're taking care of. If there's somebody, like if you're a caretaker for somebody, you show up for them. You show up at work. Your responsibilities. How do you, you know, like, how, how many times have I shown up for myself? And it's really changed the way that I, that I do things. Like, yeah, you know, there, there's this, I don't mean, I don't want to go too far down the, the tangent or anything like that, but um, I feel like as, as a, I don't know if it's Western culture or what, but we've been taught the importance of feelings um, as if they are the most important thing in the world. And there's like a lot of things. And other people's and other people's feelings um but if we're always chasing this instant gratification of feeling good, feeling good. Or, or not even feeling good because we're not actually feeling good but it's like we're, we're we have a compulsion to do something like maybe stare at our phone or or watch the next episode or um go drink or you know there, there's something that we think is going to bring us um good feelings uh but it's at the expense of what i found at least in my life to be what actually brings good feelings like i i feel like and it's all the standard shit <laughs> like it's like get get good sleep eat healthy food move like those three things do that shit you know, there's there's other things you can do too, but if you if you just those three things, like and it sounds like oh yeah, but you know you hear every fucking excuse on it. Oh yeah, but you oh. know, but easy easy. Look, I can give you I can give you a ton of excuses right now. My work schedule, it's erratic as fuck. Uh, I I work an hour and a half away from where I from where I live. I could sleep at work. I would rather sleep here. Um. I sleep good here because my bed is awesome. I sleep shitty at work because the AC throws dust and like there are all these things. But if I just sit down and I look at it and I just put down and I and I say, just do this thing, get, drive home, go to sleep right away. You're tired, go to sleep right away. It's fine. Just do those things, those things. Sleep well, eat right, and move. It, it's difficult. It's difficult. And it's difficult not to make excuses. It is. I mean, it, it depends on how bad you want whatever you want. Like, like I've been, I've, people think I'm weird because I'm always on this like quest for a feeling ultimately, I think. Uh, so, so it, I guess I took and took to heart um, the, the raising of feelings to, to being of the utmost importance, but well, then maybe, you, maybe you took it the right way. Yeah, but the feeling that I want is, I want to feel 
energized. I want to feel healthy and I want to feel engaged in life. Like those, that's what, that's what my ultimate goal is, is those things. So then you can then enjoy the feeling of joy in the small moments. Yes. On a, like on a larger scale or, or maybe more often. You can meet reality with like your best self, if that, if that makes sense, where like, like the times in my life where I've been fat or maybe drank too much or, you know, like had no energy, been eating poorly and, and these type of things. Um, I just didn't have the energy to even really enjoy life. And you don't feel good in that situation. Like, I mean, you just talk to anybody that's in like, a situation where they don't feel good like maybe they're carrying too much weight not getting enough sleep they're they're you know they're always tired and i've been there you're, you're tired you're um you're whatever you don't physically feel good and that manifests mentally is not mentally feeling well and i think if you can in the bad the bad part is is a lot of times it doesn't happen right away like you know you get a good night's sleep and it's 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 good you eat a healthy meal and you know you might feel good for an hour or two after it uh, you know whatever but it's not like your life categorically changes overnight and it happens like you have to build these habits and then at some point you look back and you say wow like as I get older now I'm watching like people my age like I'm I'm 43 now which is crazy um but people are you're young. People are just falling apart at my age. Like I see people that that like people have been tell, telling me this since I was like turned 30, probably. People are like, yeah, wait till you turn 30 and you just can't, you know, do this anymore. You can't do that anymore. I was I was 43. I did, I mean, it's not it's good for me. Like I did seven pull-ups the other day i can do cartwheels with my daughter and like everybody's impressed that this 43 year old guy can do a fucking cartwheel and it's like <laughs> i mean i made the decisions I where it's to like, see you do a cartwheel I, I'll, I'll, can you I do it now room here i think I'll, we're gonna figure that out uh, yeah look the audience will get their cartwheel i'm writing it down oh i'll do that shit i'll do that shit next episode i'll, I'll have anna claire video it and send it to you <laughs> I love what you're talking about right now because that's part of the decision of stopping drinking. And I take accountability for all the shitty things that I did when I was drinking. But ultimately, I don't want to feel bad emotionally, mentally, in my soul. But really, dude, I want to get younger as I get older. Yeah. That's, Alcohol will age you faster than shit, man. It's so will smoking. And that's something that I got. I you know that's my thing i'm i'm I'm, you know we're working on stuff but i love that you're saying these things it's the right it's the right way to think consistency has always been a thing right we this has been a theme since i i'm gonna say last season because i I like the way that sounds you know season one (laughs) season two um i we we've been talking about discipline and consistency we talk about it a lot but for some reason, it seems like now you and I have this different understanding of it, just consistently doing that thing. We, you feel the result. When you feel the result, it makes sense to, to you in your brain. 
you have to have a feedback and, loop, right? And, and that's what I'm saying. Exactly. And that's, yeah. and that's the feedback loop. And it's a good one. That's one reason why I got all these fucking contraptions to like, to, to test my glucose and my fucking. I love that shit, man. I think I might, I'm, I might. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately the, um, it's hard to tell what's working and what's not sometimes. Like, it's just yeah. difficult. It's just difficult. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like, especially when I'm trying to improve, like my number one goal in life, I said, is some sort of feeling that I'm chasing. And, you know, I, when I was younger, I thought it was a religious feeling, you know, not religious, but like a spiritual feeling where um, I thought maybe, you know, regardless of what I did with my physical body and my physical self, that I could mentally get to this place of like constant joy and engagement with life and um, discipline and will, like having will, like willpower and, and this type of thing. And I, I went to what I consider far enough on that path to realize that, you know, there is a lot of important things on that path. But if you don't prioritize, like with my kids, I'm trying to prioritize the physical. We live in a world now where it's like body shaming and this and that. I've been 260 pounds 270 pounds something like that before I felt like fucking shit and you can't tell me if you weigh like if you are clinically obese or whatever there's no way you can tell me you feel great I know for a fact you don't feel good uh and even if if if, if it's the only thing you've ever known then you might be like eh, it's, it, I feel okay but the fact of the matter is is you can feel a billion times better um and it requires you to do the work, like just on some David Goggins shit. Like you have to do you know, some work. On that, on that, uh, there was a thought that came to me that kind of just plagues me. Like all the time, it's just the same thought. I don't know what it would be like if I was just incredibly fit. If I did, and if I did like this, which makes me happy. If I did this consistently, if we did this shit, if I put myself out the way I want to, and it, it, it's gotten to the point where I'm like, yeah, that's, that's enough. That's, that's enough. I can't, I can't have that constant thought for the rest of my life. I got to yeah. chase it, man. I got to, I got to, at, at least I have to try. Yeah. Like, and, and I think part of it is I, I'm always trying to find the, like, cause I, I do believe that there, and I don't think you have to have like a personal relationship with maybe like the people that you look up to as maybe mentors or inspiration or something like that. But I always like these old head dudes. Like, have you ever heard of Mark's Daily Apple? He was like one of the original, like primal paleo type dudes. His name's Mark Sisson. He, he does. Have you seen the primal mm. kitchen stuff in the stores? Like he makes the primal kitchen mayonnaise and oh, the yeah, primal yeah, yeah. Kitchen salad dressings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's like 70 years old and just swole and like doing his paddle boarding and shit. And like I respect those people that are like living in best life. 90s, 90 going kayaking and shit. Like I, I want to, the last thing I want to do is lose my ability to um like enjoy my experience in the world. And I think yes. like to me, that's the most important thing that I'm going towards. And it allows me to put energy into everything in my life from kids like I, I i would almost guess that i have more energy than my children which is crazy um and it's just a matter of making the right like those sort of decisions where um what you really want out of life um and for me it's just that feeling 
they're not easy. Yeah, they're not no, easy. And if I and if I were to say something, you know, I tend to be a little softer than you, like when it, when it comes to bedside manner, I suppose. <laughs> but like, I would say to the person, like you know, shway shway, little little, like it be, because it won't be overnight. Yeah, you like Shake Shack. Okay, have your Shake Shack, but don't have it every night. Don't you know what I mean? Like, you can make these small changes over time, and you don't have to beat yourself up over it. I think that's what's going to put you back every time. See, this is where this is where uh, you're exactly right, and this is where all these gadgets and shit have helped me, especially the glucose meter, because we've all heard keto and we've all heard the blood sugar uh, dysregulation and this sort of thing so i was expecting if i ate a piece of bread like the shit would go off the charts and i'd believe that for 10 years like you know, you know however long i've been on this path and i've heard of keto and i've heard of these sort of things um fruit like fruit will wreck and i'm not saying that that's the point of the glucose meter is each person is different but i can eat i i've done a lot of tests i ate three bananas and that's it and my blood sugar didn't go up barely at all. I've been eating fruit. Like at, at work, they, they, they serve us fresh fruit. It's really nice. Um, and I just eat a big bowl of mixed, fresh cut fruit. And I swear, I, I can feel good. I eat this bowl of like fatouche and tabula, which is just two different types of salad. Yeah tastes good yeah i'm not i'm not like obsessed about it but i eat it every day at work because it's there it's healthy i feel it i feel the difference bro i feel energized and i yeah. have to be i have to stay energized for for the work that i do i don't know yeah. if i told you but i i walk around on average thirteen thousand steps Woo. according yeah. to the iphone like i don't have my my watch or whatever you know i don't know yeah also my strides are not that long so but i'm saying i realize you can do it it's not that hard it's really not that hard it's the little things like i think it's it very is important just to pick out but but oh yeah but that's what i was getting at is it's always hard to find metrics i think because i i do i i'm not huge on like Actually, I think I am. Like I call them PowerPointers, like the the PowerPointer people that, I, and I'm one of them myself. Even though I try not to be. Like I have my spreadsheets and shit, and I run like data analysis on it all. I don't even think you necessarily have to do that, but you have to have some sort of feedback loop, where most people's feedback loop is their weight, um, but that doesn't move frequently enough to really be like a good feedback loop. You know, Peter Zucker says, what gets measured gets managed. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. so I, I think it's important to sort of find some sort of metric that is a good feedback loop, even if it's like a subjective perception of your experience. Sure. That makes sense. What like, for you? how do I feel on a scale of one to 10 right now? Um, yeah. And the more that you can move that up by actions that you do, uh, you're going to find, because I, I'm confident that if if you just tracked one thing like like maybe a couple of times a day like maybe at, when i wake up and at lunchtime and at in the evening 
I, I want to give my subjective perception of how I feel. Like, and this can encompass how well rested I feel, how energized I feel, whatever you want it to be. Um, and if you can you know, move that up, you're going to find that food is going to play a huge part in that number. Sleep is going to play a huge part in that number. Moving is going to play a huge part in that number. Also, then, then we're going to get into the spiritual side of the shit where letting shit go is going to be a, a huge part of that number. It's a huge uh, part of it. Yeah. I, I, and there's, but there are some things that some, so like you can't tell sometimes, like you said, sometimes you just can't tell. Yeah. And, um, I had some, some pain shooting down here and it, it was like, all right, I'm going to go get a massage. So it's like, which massages over here, like you got to be careful because maybe ah. like, I, I was like, I want an actual massage. I need to get stuff worked out. Other stuff, I could figure that out on my own. The, I went and I got a time, I got a time massage. And I was a little worried because I was like, this could go either way. But then I saw a sign that says, you know, sexual advances is illegal and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, dope. I'm in the right, I'm in the right spot. I swear this girl knows Muay Thai. She balled me up, bro. She like, it was nothing but elbows, thumbs, and, and heels. And she kept saying, like, wow, like, you're really, really tight. Like, kept saying it over and over again. And then she did this thing where she, well, she had to pull me up. And she was like, because <laughs> I was, like, half in, half out. I don't know if you've ever been, like, half in, half out during a massage, but, like, Never been, kind of, never been massaged. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. Like, really, and this is kind of my point, is that I didn't know how bad I was. Oh, I went for this. But she was saying, my entire body is, is like this. And um, she did this thing where she, like, sat behind me and wrapped herself around me and then, like, was straight up a jujitsu move. They just twisted me and then just... And she, she could feel like how tight I was, but she's given me feedback after we're done. And I, and I felt, I felt good when I got, when I finished, but the next day I felt amazing, but still, still tight. I know that stretching will help. I know that there are things that I can do to prevent these things, but sometimes you just need a reminder. You need like a milestone measurement to say, hey, this is where you're at. You don't, you maybe you don't realize it. And this is where you're at. And I, that was this for me. Like, yeah, maybe I, so I need to go, maybe I need to go get massages every now and then, but I definitely, definitely need to fucking stretch and move, like really put my body to work. Even though I've been going to the gym and lifting, maybe that's not enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's all a personal journey that people need to get involved in. Yeah, exactly. You really need to figure it figure it out. I mean, and it's it's worth figuring it out. I think for some people, it's not as easy. Maybe you do have conditions and yeah, absolutely, whatever. But yeah, man, I, I think I I'm I'm proud of you, man. Like I think it's it it's just that in my like the way I see it is this is an advanced version of you when we were doing the podcast before because <laughs> yeah. you were because you, you were doing you were doing experiments then 
but it's like now it's if you if you listen to like some of the first episodes to some of the last episode that we've released we're talking about the same shit but if you hear us now if, if, if i hear you now it's evolved completely you have things that help you measure you're like this is what i found this is what i found you pinpointed what the, the problem was i think that's fucking awesome that's an it's inspiring well, thanks man next, next episode i'll have to tell you about cortisol <laughs> all right cool. hold on i'm writing it down i can i can i do this thing i don't know if we want to do this all the time but can i pose a question to you and you know to the audience to maybe chew on until the next time yeah i like it, it it's not about what we're talking about now, but it is yeah, something sure. that, that came up. Um, okay. I, I've been told because of my patterns, because of the way that I live my life, that I am avoidant and that I run away. It could be seen that I literally run away. Right? That I ran here from my problems or whatever i i, I didn't see it I that way you, uae yeah 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 um i i i see it as, a, as somebody who likes to explore and be adventurous but so i ask myself what am i doing here like when i see pictures of my kids or like the past or whatever like what am i really doing here um so the question is is this behavior running? So essentially running versus uh running from versus running to. Yeah. Because if like okay, somebody who doesn't get out, somebody who doesn't get out of their comfort zone, somebody who doesn't challenge themselves, okay, that 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 person, oh, you're you're comfy. But then somebody who does do it, oh, you're running. What was so so what is it? Is it so it may be something to think about just in general, not just for me. I mean, if you if you if you want to analyze my situation, you can, but more like for yourself, for yourselves. Are you stagnant or are you running away? And is it I I as most things, I believe it's not one or the other. It's you know, like you said, running to maybe. I think it's an interesting concept. So, so marinate on that for next time, right? Chew on that. Chew you on. You don't that. want to answer right now, okay? No, no. Like, crunch on. I mean, if, yeah. If, if I don't want to lose whatever thoughts you have now because they're probably fresh, but I think you know. No, let's wait. I like this idea. Yeah. Give me some. Yeah, give give you something to think about. Um, all right, dude. As I'm, I'm so excited about this. By the way, yeah, this is awful. Fantastic. So. All right, brother, I'll let you go. Uh, have, have a good one, and I'm going to get some fucking sleep. Let's go.